0: Well, today it is finally here. We finally get to celebrate Holy Week and Easter together with you. And I just want to echo what Pastor Tim said. We are so, so excited to get to do it together. And so, welcome everybody. Good morning. So honored to get to be sharing the beginning of this story with you today. My name is Christian. If we haven't met, I get to be worship leader here. Hello, if you're watching online, on live stream, or after the fact on a podcast, whatever it might be, uh, we really, really are grateful to get to share in this story with you. I want to turn one more time to God in prayer before we jump into our text. Would you join me in that? Uh, God, we thank you and we praise you for what you're doing all throughout this place. We thank you for the week ahead and for what we know you're going to do throughout this room. So God, we need you, we trust you, we love you, and we know that because of your incredible saving and redeeming power that you welcome us into this story. God, thank you for what's happening in this church uh, this weekend as we've gotten to see so many families, over a hundred families come together and to make some wood boards that uh, share the values that their families have and keeping you in mind in our homes and in our lives. We thank you for that, and we feel the celebration in the air uh, in this church as we get to see families come together in a powerful way. So God, we thank you for what you're doing, and we can't say it enough that we're so excited to get to be a part of it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, it is Holy Week in Easter, and and for some of us here that are in ministry and some of us that work on staff, we kind of call this the Super Bowl for us. Uh, There's a lot going on. There's 11 services in the next eight days, and uh, when we say that we are so excited to get to spend time with you this week, we really, really mean it. Uh, It's more than just wanting to hang out with you, because we do love to do that, but it's also just about knowing the importance of this story, and knowing the importance of what Jesus came to do, and to celebrate together. And so this morning, uh, I just kind of want to give you a peek behind the curtain of kind of how we planned this series, and how we planned this week to look. Uh, We start all the way in the back of January, and we prayed, and we just were very expectant about what God might do in this place. And it was heavy in our hearts in in prayer to say, and, and to let you know if you didn't already, this powerful, powerful truth. That you are welcomed and included and invited and a part of the Easter story. Right where you sit in your seat this morning, you are a part of this story, the greatest story ever told, the story that has never lost an ounce of its truth even all these years later. A story that you are welcomed and invited into, and that is reason alone to celebrate before we even look at this text And so this was heavy on our hearts to say, we want you to know, make it personal, like as you sit in your seat, as you sit in your car, as you sit at home and listen to this message, just understand that Jesus came to save you. Jesus came to earth to bring redemption and restoration and forgiveness and love for you right where you sit this morning. I know for my generation, I know for a lot of us, that it can be easy to hear this story every single year and to kind of look at these pages and to say, well, this happened so long ago, how can there still be any left for me? Like, where do I find my place in this story? And we want to just start off boldly on this Palm Sunday by saying, you find a place in the story with the open arms of Jesus and that he loves you and that he left a tomb behind so that you could be free. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to need a lot more of those amens throughout. Come on, we've got a lot going on this week. Um, But we just wanted to give you kind of the heart behind this title that we put on these next two weeks, and that title is Future Past. There's a reason that we wanted to call this Future Past. It's very important to us to say that the story of Easter, the story of what Easter is all about and what Jesus came to do, it covers our past and it changes our future. Here's what we mean by that. It covers our past. Every sin, every shame, every guilt, every fear, every anxiety, every regret, everything you've ever struggled with in your life, as you look back on all your years on this earth, you can know that that is all covered in grace and truth and love and forgiveness because of the power of this story. And we also know that it covers our past, but it also changes our future. We look ahead and we say, God, knowing who you are, knowing that we stand firm on a foundation of your love and your grace. We're set on a new course. We're set on a new direction. Don't forget the story of Easter didn't end with just the resurrection. It continued into a commission, a commission that Jesus gave his disciples to say, make this story known to the entire world. And because of that commission, you and me, all the way these years later in 2019, we are still affected and welcomed and invited into the story of Easter today. It covers our past, and it changes our future. And so with that in mind, as we take the first step on this incredible story, I just wanted to put a question on our hearts and on our minds today. Before we look at this Palm Sunday text, before we get together on Thursday and Friday and this weekend, all the way until two weeks from now when we hear about the great commission of Jesus, I wanted to lay a question on our hearts and minds to say, is the story of Easter and is the name of Jesus, is this story that we're going to walk through together these next two weeks, Is this a story that you've merely heard, or do you know that he's here? Is this a story that you've merely heard, or do you know that he's here? There's a big difference between these two things. Uh, For me, this year, it's a little interesting because this is my 22nd Palm Sunday. I'm 22 years old, and so this is my 22nd time of hearing the story. I've gotten the chance to grow up in the church, and I've sat in your seat for the past 21 years and heard this story told. It was a little interesting last year when I found out I was going to actually be able to give the message on Palm Sunday to say, well, this isn't just about hearing a message, this is actually about communicating a message now. It's a little different in that sense. And as I processed that for myself, I also, uh, just in my mind, I thought, well, this is true for all of us, though. It's not just for anyone who gets to share it on a platform. It's also the case that if this is your first or second or tenth or twentieth or fortieth or sixtieth or eightieth or hundredth time hearing this story, the question remains to be true, have you heard it with just your ears or have you heard it with your hearts and with your lives? There's a powerful truth and a powerful question over us this morning. As we dig into this story again, there's a new opportunity on the table There's a chance to look at this with a fresh light and to say, Jesus, this year as we look at this story, we're going to know this is not just a story to simply be heard. This is a story to know that you are here and your presence is changing everything and it's moving and it's living and it's breathing in 2019 in a church in Shelby Township, Michigan because we are welcomed and invited and included into the story that covers our past and changes our future. Amen. Amen. We could end there if you want. I feel pretty good about it. we got 18 minutes. We can do whatever we want to do. But no, we're going to keep going because it's too good. It's too good of a story to miss. And so with this question on our hearts and minds, is this a story that we merely heard or do we know that he's here? I want to just give us three simple points about the presence of Jesus and how it impacts us and how it changes everything. And uh, there's some fill-in-the-blanks if you want to pull out your outline. Uh, I love fill-in-the-blanks. I know some people do, some people don't. Some people after 8.30 said, we didn't come to church for homework. Like, you could have just written it on the outline. But I'm a big fill-in-the-blanks fan, and so if you want to follow along with us, uh, that's a great opportunity that we have together. But we're going to start with this first point to say that we're going to begin at the beginning of the story. We're going to begin actually all the way at the beginning of the Old Testament, and the first point about Jesus' presence and how it impacts us is this, that Jesus was promised, and he brings a promise. Those are two blanks on your outline. Jesus was promised, and he brings a promise. Now, in the first half of this book that we hold in our hands, the Bible, there's the Old Testament. There's 39 books in the Old Testament. And if you're anything like me, maybe you've read through the Old Testament, you've heard it in church before, and there's a little part of you that just kind of goes, yeah, I love the Old Testament, it's really cool, but I like the New Testament because that's when Jesus shows up, right? Like, I like when he does the miracles, I like when he goes to the cross and the tomb and how that impacts me, that's really, really beautiful. But if we look a little deeper in the Old Testament, the incredible thing about it is that Jesus is actually all throughout the Old Testament as well. He doesn't just show up on the scene suddenly in the first chapter of Matthew. He shows up constantly through the beginning of history. I'll show you what I mean. So it actually begins all the way in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3. You might have heard this story before. Adam and Eve eat of the fruit in the garden, and sin enters the world because they betray God. They go against his will for them. And then there's this moment God shows up on the scene, and he says to Adam and Eve as they hide themselves, and he says to the serpent, I've always loved it's a snake, by the way. I don't like snakes and I feel like God was like, you got to watch out for these. These aren't, these aren't fun. Don't, don't listen to what, the, if they talk, that's a whole other thing. That's rough. Um, but God shows up on the scene and he says to Adam and Eve, and he says to the serpent, who's Satan, right, he says, there's going to come a day where what just happened, I'm going to make it right. Don't miss the beauty in this, that moments after sin enters the world, for the first time, God has a plan. And in that garden, he says to Adam and Eve, and he says to Satan, he says, there's going to come a day where because of the lineage of Adam and Eve, someone is going to come, a Savior who's going to be here for you, and he's going to bring restoration, and he's going to make right what just went wrong. Moments after sin entered the world, before you and I were even uh, even anywhere close to being here on this earth, God had a plan to save you and me and to welcome us into this story. And so all throughout the Old Testament as we continue to move through it, there's these prophecies. If you read the book of Isaiah, there's a prophecy in chapter 53 that sometimes you might hear on Good Friday, this this incredible passage that says that he was crushed for our iniquities. By his wounds we're healed. That's talking about Jesus and him going to the cross and making this right and bringing restoration for us. In Jeremiah, and in the book of Zechariah, strangely enough, it's amazing that in the book of Zechariah chapter 9, there is a prophecy in the Old Testament, years and years and years before this ever happened, that actually prophesies the text that you and I are going to look at this morning. It's a text that says that our Savior is going to come humbled and mounted, riding on a donkey. And that's the text we're going to look at here in just a moment. So we start in the beginning because there's beauty in the fact that Jesus' presence changes everything because Jesus was promised for generation after generation after generation. They would read these texts, they would look at the word of God and they would say, we're hoping and we're longing for a savior to make right what went wrong and to bring unity and to bring restoration between God and Israel. And so we have it pretty good because we have this last book of the Old Testament in Malachi, right? And we usually just flip that page and there's a thing that says the New Testament and then we flip one more page and Jesus is there in Matthew. But let's not forget too that in between that one flick of a page for us was 400 years. And so generations and generations and generations were longing and hoping for a Savior and looking to this text and looking to God and saying we know that he's promising someone to us and that he's going to bring a promise of forgiveness and love to our lives when he comes. And so this brings us to our text this morning that I really, uh, really want to show us. Because as uh, Matthew begins and as the New Testament begins, we've been looking in the book of Mark for a while now. Uh, obviously, as the Old Testament came out to a close, when the New Testament begins, it's Christmas morning, right? And Jesus is born. And people start to whisper and people start to wonder at this baby who's born in such a peculiar way. There's this little thought, maybe this is him. Maybe this is the Savior who we've been waiting for for so long. And so, if we fast forward in the story, just like as we've heard about the past few months in our Family Values series about the work that Jesus did on earth, the ministry that he came to do, the miracles that he did, and as he began to say things about himself that sounded a lot like those texts that they had heard their entire lives. This brings us this morning to the book of Mark, chapter 11. And if you want to turn with me, it's uh, page 847 of your chair Bible. And we're going to look at the Palm Sunday text, and we're going to kind of see how these things come together. Uh, If you haven't been reading Mark with us up until now, this is an incredible time to start. Uh, There's a picture, actually, of what the uh, reading plan looks like for these next two weeks uh, on the screen. If you have the Family Values one, you just want to turn that over. This is a great time to start reading through Mark as we finish it out these next two weeks with us. And if you don't have a Bible and you need one to read the plan, take the one that's in your hand with you. Uh, We'd love to give that to you as well. But here we go. Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 1, it says this. Some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing, (laughs) untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And don't miss this. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. If we put ourselves in this scene for just a second, I think about the words that we got to sing right at the beginning of the service. We were really intentional about wanting to sing those words first because this scene right here, what was happening? Praise was rising, eyes were turning to Jesus. Hope was stirring. Hearts were yearning and longing for him. And in this scene, don't miss it, it's beautiful. In this scene, they lay down their cloaks before Jesus as a sign of submission, as a sign of wonder, as a sign of awe. They wave these branches in the air, much like the ones that you're holding in your hand right now. They wave these branches in the air as a sign of victory, as a sign of saying celebration is in the air. Something is changing, something is moving. We're seeing something with our very eyes that we've been hoping for our entire lives. And they put this word on their lips that we got to sing together this morning once already and we'll sing it again later to say Hosanna in the highest. This is a word of celebration. This is a word of praise. This is a word of victory. And they say this sentence, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. What they're saying is the one who has been promised the one that we have merely heard of our entire lives and our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers and for generations before, the one that we have merely heard of is here. And I'm looking right at him. As he rides in on a donkey, I'm saying in this crowd this morning, the Savior that we've only heard of our entire lives is here. And there's reason to worship. There's reason to praise because he's going to make everything right for us. There's significance and there's beauty in our second point, which is to say that Jesus is in our presence, and he brings peace. Jesus is in our presence, and he brings peace. See, it's interesting, I I just focused on those last three verses about what the crowd did and how they were celebrating and the Hosanna and the highest, a lot of stuff, and maybe some of you are in your seat, like, can we talk about the eight verses that just talk about donkeys for a really long time? Because this is weird, (laughs) right? We only talk about donkeys like on Palm Sunday. It's kind of strange. And so I, I want to give you the significance of this donkey thing because it's more than just talking about an animal. It's, it's actually a really beautiful thing that I think we can carry into our lives as well. You see, all throughout Jesus' being promised in the Old Testament and in Israel, they kind of started to visualize what he might be like when he showed up on the scene. And they kind of started to picture that this king who had been promised, this righteous and mighty king that had been promised by God for all these years, they started to get a visual in their minds of what they were hoping for and longing for. And the only way that I can try to relate to what they might have thought of was kind of like a Disney movie, right? Like the king or the prince who comes in with the armor and the shield and the slick back hair and the white horse, and he's going to get his people, right? He's going to slay his enemies. He's going to make everything right again. They were kind of looking for the white horse king to show up in the scene, a triumphant and militant king who is going to come in and make everything right once and for all. But notice the beauty in the fact that that's not what Jesus did. Notice the beauty in the fact that this conversation he has with his disciples is a very intentional one to say, I need you to go and get a specific animal from a specific place. He was fulfilling prophecy. He was fulfilling prophecy and bringing a promise to you and me, but even more than that, a step further to say, he says, go and get this donkey and bring it to me because my triumphant entry is going to be a humble one. It's going to be one that brings peace for you. It's going to be one that is gentle for you, one that knows that I'm here to serve you and to be near to you. Don't miss this beautiful fact that Jesus did not ask for a white horse. Instead, he asked for an animal that had no business even having a king on it, much less the king of kings. And if you needed any more proof this morning that Jesus wants to bring peace to your heart as you understand that Jesus is here and that his presence is moving and welcoming you into this story, I can't get over the fact that all the way in Zechariah, when this passage was prophesied and promised, there's a verse that says Jesus will come riding humbly on a donkey. But then a few verses down it says this, And he will speak peace to his people. I know that's for someone today. I know that's for my heart today. Because all that Israel knew up until that moment was unrest and just complete chaos. And they knew separation from God. They looked around their world and they went, this is insane how much chaos it seems to be around us. All these enemies that we have in war, all these things that we look around and we say, how could there ever be peace in this moment? It doesn't sound much different than today, does it? Sometimes I think we can look around our lives and we can say, God, how could there ever be peace when our world is this chaotic and there's all these moving pieces? But I know this is for us today as we understand that Jesus is here and his presence changes everything. Understand that Jesus came to speak peace to his people. That's you and me. Jesus is in our presence and he speaks peace. I kind of wanted to take a moment and just kind of picture what it might have been like for us to be there in that crowd that day so we're going to take a look at this and we're just going to kind of understand the significance of what this moment was like. And we see this crowd that's laid down their cloaks before him. We see this crowd that's waving branches in the air, shouting victory, shouting celebration, saying, Hosanna in the highest. This guy has come in the name of the Lord. And we believe that even though he came a little differently than we might have thought, we believe that he's going to do some amazing, amazing things. And so in this scene, on this day, It begs the question in my mind and it begs the question for me and for you. I wonder if the story was even bigger than they ever could have known as they celebrated in that moment. Don't you think? I wonder if the story is even bigger than you and I know right now. I wonder as if I think about being in that moment, waving a branch, shouting Hosanna, seeing Jesus ride in. They call this text the triumphant entry. I think that's beautiful because I think right now, still right here, if we're included in the Easter story, that means that for me and for you, Jesus is rotting triumphantly into your life and into your heart and saying, your past has been covered by what I'm about to do. Your future is going to be changed by what I'm about to do. And I think in this moment for this crowd, imagine what the celebration would have been like. Imagine how it might have heightened. Imagine how much bigger it might have been if they had known that Jesus did not just come to save them from their enemies of war. He came to save them from the enemy of sin and death. Imagine the celebration in that moment. If they had only knew that Jesus did not just come to save one nation Or one situation, he came to save generation after generation after generation after generation of his people all the way to you and me so we can sit in our seat right here in 2019 and say, Jesus, because of what you came to do, because of you went to a cross and you left a tomb behind, I am saved and I am free. The Savior that I've only heard of, he's here and he's moving and he's living and he's breathing in my life. Come on, church. There's beauty in this. Our third point today as we close is to say that Jesus has a purpose and he gives us purpose. Jesus came with a purpose. He knew exactly what he was riding in to do that day. He knew that it was going to change history forever. He knew it was going to be the greatest story ever told and that it would never lose an ounce of truth even thousands of years later as his people gather in a church in Michigan and all around the world to hear the story of what he did. And once again for you, his presence is changing everything because he's bringing a purpose for you. He's bringing a purpose for you, a new direction, a new hope, a foundation to stand upon that says, God, for every moment that I have not known what my life is all about, I can turn to you and I can turn to this story once again and I can say, I stand on a foundation that says my fear doesn't stand a chance in his love. I can stand on a foundation that says that he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. And oh, there's beauty in that for us this morning. The story is bigger than we ever could have realized because it includes us in a way we could have never dreamed. And maybe for someone in this room this morning, maybe for you, this is a story that you've heard over and over and over again. This is a story that's hit your ears but has never gone a little deeper. And like I said at the beginning, there's an opportunity for us as we continue into Monday, Thursday, as we continue into Good Friday, as we continue into this weekend, as we hear about the Great Commission in two weeks, There's an opportunity for us, yes, to gather and to be here as a church together. There's beauty and there's amazing things in that. We're so excited to get to spend time with you. But it's so much more than that, church. Hear this. What we're really asking is to say, it's more than just being here in church. It's knowing that Jesus is here for you. It's knowing that his presence has moved and changed this world and is changing your life because you are welcomed and included into a story that covers your past, meets you where you are in the present, and changes your future, now and forever. Amen? Amen? And so as we look at this story, I ask one more time, is 2019 going to be a year where maybe you just hear the story, or are you going to know he's here? Are you going to know that he is here for you? Because he's coming in a beautiful way, and he's riding triumphantly and victoriously in your life, So friends, no matter uh, if this is your first time here, if this is your hundredth time here, if this is your thousandth time here in this story, no matter your background, no matter where you come from, no matter your age, no matter any of that, hear this this morning. This story is for you. And Jesus is standing with open arms, waiting to welcome and invite you into a story that will change your life forever. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? We're going to spend a minute in prayer. And as we do, I just want to spend a few more seconds with this question lingering in our minds. Because I know it's lingering in mine. And all around this room, God, I pray that for any heart, for any mind, for any life that might have just struggled to find their place in this story, for anyone who's ever doubted that there could be room left for them in a story that happened thousands of years ago, God, I pray that you would touch hearts and touch minds to say, your love is a steadfast love that literally never runs out on us. So God, whether there needs to be a promise over someone this morning, a promise that they'll never be alone again, for anyone in this room who's only looked at relationships and saw betrayal, saw someone who left them behind, for anyone who's ever thought that there could not be any love left for them, God, speak your promise over people's lives that you were promised and you bring a promise that we will never be alone you bring a promise that there will always be hope there will always be love there will always be forgiveness attached to our lives because our pasts are covered and our future is changed by what you came to do this week god for every heart like mine that struggles with fear that struggles with anxiety that struggles with knowing if everything's going to be okay For any heart who's been struggling with sleepless nights lately, who's been struggling to find the calm in a chaotic world, God, we know that you bring peace and you speak peace over your people. So do that now in a powerful way. Bring calm, bring quiet, bring rest to any heart who may need that this morning. And God, I pray for any heart that feels hopeless, for any heart that looks around their lives and thinks, God, I don't really know what I'm here for. In fact, I've thought a couple of times in my life, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be here at all. God, in this place, declare truth in a powerful way that you bring purpose in our lives that cannot be matched. You bring purpose and you bring peace and you bring a promise for each and every person in this room. Declare that over us, God. For every heart in this room that has heard this story before, that has known this story in the depths of their hearts for many, many years now, then I just pray, God, that you would open up eyes, open up hearts, open up minds to the world around us, because we know that there is a world around us in our work and our family and our friends that has heard this story but might need to take the extra step and say, do you know that he's here? So God, as we invite people into this story this week, as we continue to invite people into what you're doing in this place, Once again, we declare boldly, you are the king who came to save us. And because of what you did this week so many years ago, we stand on a foundation, on a promise, on peace, on purpose, on beauty, and we are forever changed. Jesus, we love you and we need you. Do what only you can do. Cover our past. Change our future. Ride victoriously into our present and declare over our lives there's victory and celebration for you because of who I am. All this and more we bring to you in your name. Amen. Let's stand together. Praise God. Uh, Let's stand to our feet together. (laughs) Let's stand to our feet together, everybody. And uh, We're going to join in a song in a moment that says, Hosanna in the highest. But before we do that, I just want to share a blessing with you this morning. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace and knowing that his presence is here for you right here and right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're joining in singing Hosanna in the highest.